so I've been uh, I've been playing you know shitty movies for people at the mm-hmm. bar but I don't have like a DVD player tape player or any of that kind of shit at the place I'm at now all I can do is like stream YouTube to the TV from oh, my phone oh that's plenty good for shitty movies Dude, I've been finding so many fucking gems that are free on YouTube. It's amazing. Yeah. But uh, what, a movie that I I fucking used to love when I was a kid that used to play on, like, it used to rerun on uh, Comedy Central every once in a while. It's called uh, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle. Oh, with that dickhead uh, Bill with Maher. Bill Maher, yeah. But Bill Maher, it's like a, a, a fucking Indiana Jones knockoff, basically. But it's Bill Maher doing, like, fucking uh, like men's rights type shit. I, it's fucking insane. So but he's, the he, same as now, only dressed weird. Yeah, in the in he the should movie, have stopped at DC cab, dude. In the movie, he like uh, he's like a you know Indiana Jonesy looking guy, but he's also like you know pratfalls and shit. And uh, they go into the forest. He takes these two women into the jungle because they want to. They're trying to find some like lost civilization or whatever. And it's a civilization of like women who like run their whole society. And men are like uh, like Amazons. Yeah, like literally, yeah. literally yeah, yeah. Amazons. But the the men in the society are like subservient and do all the shit work and uh, and then you know cook all the food and do all that kind of stuff. And then they end up the women end up eating them when they're use, oh. like useless or whatever. But yeah, the whole movie is just like this a whole a vehicle for Bill Maher to be like men aren't men anymore and you got to drink beer and fucking act tough and it's so oh, fucking that's cool. stupid. Well, well, nowadays Charlie Kirk tells you that. Yeah, right, exactly. Because, you know, he's the toughest looking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Haunted child ghost from the 1800s. Fuck. No, that's Ben Shapiro. Oh, Ben Shapiro. The, I'm talking about Charlie guy. Kirk ain't He's got different. the encephalitis with the, like, um, like, you know, the big the big skull with the tiny face, like, posted in the middle yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, he's like little face from uh, fucking uh, Dick Tracy. Yep. <laughs> We all can't be Robert Zadar. Nope. That's right. That's right. We wish those rivers, cross the plains, over the mountains, we ride it straight. We wish. We trap, we might, we pound our names. With guns and axes, we start our fate. But this was manifest. All of those who stood in the way. Okay, we're back. How do you ween part two? Oh yeah, welcome back to How the West is Fucked. How the West was fucked. Here's more How do you ween? NPR ghost voice. Uh, well, it will continue with the NPR robot ghost voice. Robot ghost voice. Why is it a robot? I don't know. Comic Sans, go. So in Crow folklore, some tales a little boy named Burnface fell into a bonfire. Burnface. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a creative name. Yeah, yeah, he saw it coming. After his people move north to hunt buffalo, but he goes south and builds a Sundance Lodge and the little people come out. They take away his burnt face and gave him healing powers to help his people. Cool. He still, he still was called Burnt Face, but he became a great chief yeah, after just, that. Yeah, it's a pretty metal name, you mm-hmm. know. I, I wouldn't trade it for much. Yeah, otherwise, they'll just give you one of those, like... The thing is, off you, are, you are now Smutty Bear. I was going to say, yeah, or yeah, you're Lazy Duck. You know, or, what was the uh, clown something? Oh, well, there's P- P- Pisshorn, I remember. Oh, Pisshorn. Pisshorn's right. good. Coyote va- Vagina. Was yeah, Coyote, yep, coyote vagina. vagina. Yeah. No, Burnface is fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another tale, a child uh, 
falls out of Travoy when they're traveling. Yep. And the little people took him in and raised him in a cave. Ooh, like Mowgli. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And the boy observes, uh, absorbs their magic of the little people. Oh. And he becomes super strong. Like and a dwarf. He, and he built all these tall columns of stone and stacked rocks, and that becomes the medicine rocks. Oh, is that like Devil's Post Pile like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier? So these are just stories, right? Sure. No. How about some physical evidence for little people? Yes. Because there's a guy. Are you talking about that weird fake alien that yep. they pulled out in Mexico? In Mexico. <laughs> no, this is the San Pedro Mountains dummy. Uh, it's San Pedro Mountains dummy. dummy. Yep. Oh, mummy. Actually, oh, sorry. Mummy. I misread that. I was going to say, is it little Carl, <laughs> Carl Panzeram yep. that found in Look the Look in the mirror. You're the dummy now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was discovered in Wyoming in 1932 in Carbon County, which oh. is Rollins, that further south. Yeah, it's by where uh, George Parrott's fucking face is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cecil Maine, Frank Carr, blasted some rock and found a cave, and in there they find a- Gold, spears, and mastodons, and giants, right? Yep. Just nope. like Death Valley. Tiny giants. Tiny they giants. They just find this little person mummy. Oh. Uh, it's all true, but dumb scientists have to spoil the fun again, because X-Ray confirmed it was- A child. Yep. It was an infant with a- Oh, I should probably look this up. An- Anosophallic- so with the big head. Oh, yeah. Um, like, uh, that they used to call it uh, hydrocephalus, like your head retaining water, basically. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was just a pinhead, like, oh, no. That's no, the other small, way again. Other yeah. way around. Yep. I'm sure there's some horrible slur for people suffering from that affliction. But the deformity made, made it look like a tiny adult. Uh, another mummy was found, and it was confirmed to be the same. That one was examined in the 1990s in Denver. DNA and radiocarbon dating confirmed it was a native, and it dated back to the 1700s. Okay. So maybe they were just, you know, they're aware of this and yeah. built stories off of it. Uh, the San Pedro mummy ended up in a drugstore in Metizzi, Wyoming. Course. Good, good. And fucking Walgreens and yep. shit. Then a Casper businessman, Ivan Goodman. Uh, then into the New York businessman, Leonard Waldler. But now its location is unknown, and there's a $10,000 reward for I'm this. sure it ended up in some mummy. fucking frat house in the, some Ivy League school, and, you know, it's like frat pledges have to put it up their butts or something while they're chugging <laughs> thought, E&J. It's probably, I thought it was maybe in the basement of, like, one of the Koch brothers' fucking mansions. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember who's... Uh, was it Sitting Bulls? No, it wasn't Sitting Bulls. So somebody's oh, yeah, skull got stole, used by Skull and Bones. Fucking, yeah, stolen, stolen by the Skull and they're Bones. They're, like, drinking fucking crew, yeah. spody mm-hmm. out of their... His skull and shit. Woof. Fucking weird elite school. Uh, another one was found in the 1990s, and they named that one Chiquita. And like it was owned by a native family who had had in their attic for generations. Ooh, like the Bates? And that one dated back from the 1500s. Like to the 1500s? Yep. Whoa. Wow. So still, if you go to the prior mountains, a lot of crow people still leave offerings for them out there and probably should do the same. Yeah. yeah. And further, further to the east, I know it's kind of out of our purview. I was reading something. I think it's the Algonquins. They have their own group of little people, but I just like them because of the, their name. They're called Puckwudgies. Whoa. Whoa. That's a dope-ass... Like, sounds like a class of character from fucking uh, Willow or something. Or it sounds like some kind of like Fisher-Price toy from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. Pound puppies and Puckwudgies and yeah. Popples and... Speaking of which, you want to move to the Bossberg Cripplefoot? Sure. <laughs> It's it's a different dance. It's a differently <laughs> yeah. a, it's a differently abled Bigfoot. Yes. Okay. Everybody get up and do the mud foot. So this is a uh, November in 1969, dude. Excellent. Uh, nice. Large human-like tracks with a with a crippled-looking right foot were found in the Bosberg dump. And Bosberg is uh, eastern Washington, kind of near the Columbia, but kind of south of uh, Kettle Falls, that area. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I didn't I, know that was in Washington. I was assumed it was part of the the California craze around like about the time of Patterson Gilman and all yeah, that. Yeah, this shit. is just right or after Gimlin, that. Gimlin. I was yep. say Gilman was Gimlin. Yep. Uh, Bigfoot hunter Rene Dahedin uh, showed up three days later, and the bad guy from Harry and the Hendersons is based off of this guy. Okay, what? He's like a French Canadian. Yeah. Really? Yep. Holy yeah. shit! That's awesome. I always wanted to be that guy. Yep. I probably got the wrong message from that movie. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he later be, uh, did ads for Kokanee Beer, and if you remember the old bottles of Kokanee, uh, there was a, a Bigfoot on the snow. I don't remember that. Yeah, so sometimes they were Well, they need to bring that one back. They, they were, you know, they had moving them around on the label, and sometimes you would get no Sasquatch. Oh, it was like a Where's Waldo type situation? Yeah. That's fucking but awesome. But it was printed only like, you know, just a millimeter high. That is really cool. Bottle. Now, now I want to drink coconut, and I don't really like coconut very much. Yeah. But yeah, it it's, it's, tastes like nothing. It's, I just remember when we'd get the Rainier Ale and we'd use it as a navigational chart. It's like oh, yeah. you're looking at Rainier on the can and Rainier in the distance, oh, yeah, and yeah. we're floating around, literally floating around where we're talking about with all the kids at the camp. Uh-huh. Navigate, navigating by your can of Rainier Ale. You never bring regular Rainier. You get the Rainier Ale because yeah, it's ale. cheaper, so if you capsize, you're not out of that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yep. Now, now that brings a whole new uh, dimension to your guys' little trips. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you stupid kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, I'm just, just chain smoking and drinking Rainier Hill. <laughs> fuck yeah. With uh, a, traumatize a bunch of with fucking the boat, YMCA the kids. boat slowly sinking in the one case. <laughs> yep. Just full of spider bites because. <laughs> uh, attacked by live crabs. Yep. Yep. Uh, but these tracks were trampled by onlookers because everybody comes to look at them. Of course. And look on. A month later, Ivan Marks uh, takes out Rene. He's the, the local, then, and then they find more tracks. Takes him out in, like, a gunfight? Or? Mm-hmm. That was December 1969, over 1,000 tracks in the snow near Lake Roosevelt. But you can't really take a plaster cast of mm-hmm. snow tracks. Yeah, well, they were later joined by Grover Krantz, who took photos and casts. Why do I know that name? Probably from Bigfoot research yep. shit. Uh, also, they were joined by Roger Patterson for, for yeah. a trip. Isn't he from, like, Yakima or some shit? Mm, yeah, I think he might might be originally. Uh, but these prints convince primatologist John Napier and anthropologist Jeff Muldrum. Uh, like Fox, Fox Muldrum? Yep. Uh, Rene was also impressed, but still a little suspicious. Yeah. Because right before Ivan found the tracks, they pass an empty Jeep, uh, <laughs> and then Ivan gets out. What, Bigfoot's not allowed to park his Jeep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Walks around for a bit and said, hey, I found the tracks right by this yeah. Jeep that's Eure- parked. Eureka! <laughs> Rene thought it was a little too convenient. Especially since there was big wood yep. feet, feet in the feet, passenger seat yep, of the Jeep. exactly. But he still accepts it, though. <laughs> in January 1970, the Bigfooters were approached by Joe Metlow, a prospector. He said he captured the, the cripple foot. Uh-huh. And then the bidding war ensued. P- picture it didn't happen. Yep. Uh, Metlow declined an offer for $1,000 just for a peek. This is a fucking... You know, uh, dog show where the you mm-hmm. know grade A Bigfoot. Yep, but uh, bids got up to fifty five thousand. Ooh, but Metlo didn't take it. Suspiciously, well, that's a good price for a high mileage Bigfoot. Yep, the purebred. And, you got papers, right? Mm-hmm. All but the shots. Then <laughs> it kind of fizzled out a little bit after that. Then Metlo claimed he had a foot, had the foot of the cripple foot in his freezer, and another bidding war started. <laughs> Again, Metlo didn't show it, and yeah, nobody's seen any of this shit. Uh, then nine months later, Ivan Marks called Rene Dahedin again and said he had a film of the cripple foot. Then all the Bigfooters come back again in another bidding war for the footage. What the fuck? Uh, Why is he doing all these bidding wars and then not taking any of the money? Is he just like the thrill of the well, chase or? 
Yeah, we're not thinking things out. Well, I know he doesn't have anything <laughs> actually to sell anyway, but at least, yep. you know, go on, take the money and run type situation. Yeah. Uh, she likes the, uh, the attention. attention. Mm-hmm. What a bitch. But another Bigfooter, Peter Byrne, found some kids, and they said that they knew that where this, war for the kids. Yep. where this was filmed. So when it got there, you saw the scene uh, was different from what Ivan described, and the height of the subject was not right, kind of like a Neil Breen movie. Uh-huh. They basically said, oh, it's big as that tree, but they get there and the tree is that a little bonsai, bonsai tree. tree. So it was probably a little person, not a Sasquatch. Yep. And the film See? goes away, and but real science men fall for this, the real anthropologist. Real science men? If, you, if you're coming in and you a guy with a lab coat with a name tag that just says, real science man, do not. <laughs> Here's yeah. my card. This is a person that's just going to try to put his finger in your butt for science. <laughs> <laughs> But so if you see some uh, Bigfoot tracks and then maybe some uh, like wheelchair tracks right behind it, that might be Cripplefoot. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, I've, I've, you know, Cripplefoot's pretty famous because they're always like, well, it's got to be real because who, what kind of hoaxer would make who a would crippled make foot? Up? Why would you want to portray an otherly able Bigfoot? You know, like. <laughs> Just like. Uh, fucking heroin Bigfoot. He's, right. He's got a uh, fucking $400 a day heroin habit. <laughs> Who would make that up? Cri- cri- crippling addiction foot. Yeah. Uh, Who would make that up? I fucking just did. I don't know. But I, if you've ever seen pictures of the cast of Cripplefoot, it, it looks dodgy as shit to me. But the sa- it's the same thing where it's the people that totally believe in shit that if you're already believing something and you're just looking for confirmation bias, you can prove yourself anything. You anything, know? yeah, And absolutely. that's all, yeah. To welcome me, to, welcome me, to QAnon. To me, it's like the most Bush League-ass fucking, it's a lot better fake prints. Yeah. More possibly real, but. But let's talk about the best crypt of all time, which would be the Jack A. Lope. Jack Lope. Uh, of course, if you want to. Uh, my, my daughter just learned what a Jack Lope was. Yesterday, she asked me if they were real. Oh. oh. She's like, your jackalope's real? I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> She's like, oh. I was like, it's just a rabbit. Somebody stuck some fucking animals. We, we probably, I don't know, I probably gave you Andy's book at some point. I have maybe, it, yeah. yeah. Maybe I got it, yeah. Maybe that's where she learned it from. Yeah. I learned it from you, Guide Dad. to the, what is it? Uh, Guide to the North American jackalope? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We'll, we'll Andy. buy Andy's book. Buy Andy's yep. book. You know what? That's going to be the ad for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also buy his other one about dying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In bad ways. Bad way to go. Mm-hmm. And doesn't he have a ye- dying at Yellowstone coloring book? Yep. And, uh, buy all those. Yep. And a couple other ones, coloring books die in, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when a pronghorn antelope and a jackrabbit fuck. I don't Except know if you that Except for whenever you see a jackalope, it, it always has deer antlers. never has antelope antlers. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, or an extinct pygmy deer could be there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it weighs between deer. three and five pounds and is fierce. Uh-huh. And it can run up to 90 miles an hour. Uh-huh. They evolved with American Jesus. cheetahs in the Pleistocene. Mm-hmm. So. And if you go to hunt them, uh, you got to wear stovepipes around your legs. Otherwise, you get cored. Yep, they'll, they'll, they'll get you in the shins with their antlers. Mm-hmm. And the first whitey to see him was John Coulter from Coulter's Hill. Right, because oh, yeah. he was readily believed by everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the jackalope can mimic a human and have beautiful tenor singing voices. <laughs> Hello, my name is, that is Jack. Wasn't that a, a uh, kids in the hall thing? It's a little known fact that Sasquatch has a lovely singing voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they could be heard at night mimicking campfire songs sung by the cowboys. So it's skeleton friend and, yep. and the jackalope. So they're doing the backup. Back yep. <laughs> Don't fence me in. <laughs> it's like. Been around cotton, I do a long time ago. Uh, some stores in Douglas still sell jackalope milk, 
which is very (laughs) very dangerous to get. Fuck you. And the best way, of course, to catch a jackalope is how? You rope it? Well, no, you got to entice it with whiskey. Oh, I thought I was going to say, or you like stand in front of the outhouse and get it to charge you, and its antlers will stick. You know, you got to jump out of the way. Oh, yeah. And then it'll stick his antlers into wood. And, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Some say you can only give birth during a lightning storm. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I like that little tidbit. <laughs> it's um, Melkin is an aphrodisiac. Of course it uh-huh. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tiger penis. And, and it can only be killed if it's drunk on whiskey. <laughs> Just like me. Mm-hmm. You can only die Oh, wait, I'm the drunk. opposite. Yeah, I was going to yep. say. Yeah, I've, I I've, got superpowers. Dude, there's like a shovel sticking out of your head. That's fine. I was say, I've done some questionable shit hammered and Yeah, I just watched somehow. you break your fucking foot and your ribs <laughs> on a rock a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, there's a 13th century Persian painting of a rabbit with a horn. So this is no. all real. From the 1600s? Yeah. 1300s. Well, 1300s? Tell, tell them about the German ones that fly. Oh, yeah. That's the Wolpertinger? Yep, Wolpertinger. Wolpertinger. Yeah, that's just like the Wolpertinger. As God, the head German's of a rabbit, beautiful. body of a squirrel, antlers of a deer, and sometimes wings or legs of a pheasant. Yep. So it's pretty much the... Chimera? Like, it's more well, Navy SEAL, Lancey era. Yeah, yeah. Like surf and turf and more... <laughs> well, there's no fish parts, is there? Mm, maybe that's just... They their... need to throw a like, carp tail on it or something. yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just the Rosselbach was just as a straight up kraut jackalope. Right. It's yeah, the, the non-winged. Or the Elwittrichich, uh, oh. chicken with antlers and scales. What? And of course, you know, I you'd, missed always, that one. you'd always send people out to hunt them, basically. It was oh, it's snipe, like sending snipe, snipe hunts. Hunt. Yeah, Except yeah. for what's fun. You know, you know the process of a snipe hunt, right? Yeah. But you do know that snipe are also actually real birds. Oh, I didn't there, know that. There's like the mythical snipe where you have your asshole friend out there with a bag and a flashlight yeah. running around like a dipshit. Yeah. Yeah, there's actual snipe. They're birds. All right. And there is snipe hunting season in oh. North Dakota. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So it gets people confused. You know, you can actually go hunt snipe, but if you tell people you're going to go do that, they're like, they think you're pulling their leg. So that's fun. Oh, that's fun. But you probably heard some when we were out in North Dakota. They're the birds that when uh, at night, as the sun's going down, they fly and they make that, like, they sound like a jungle bird. They sound like a kookaburra. It's like, like, what? but it's uh, it's not them vocalizing. I don't think. I think it's their wing beating. It makes this weird fuck? whooshing sound. Whoa. Look them up. Mm. But cool, yeah. And muffler bearings are real. And I've got a squeegee no, sharpener a, to like, sell you. Google fucking snipe. I believe you. Okay, I'll fucking do it for you. No, I totally believe you. You you've never lied to me about anything before. See, that's the danger. Like that's the boiler cried cried wolf stuff. Or it could uh, just all be the Shope papilloma virus. What? It was what? discovered by Dick Shope in 1933. So it's... Is that like an amoeba fucking antlers? Isn't that just herpes? It's yeah. got herpes on its So basically, face? if rabbits have herpes, herpes, it makes it look like they have horns. Oh, I've seen some of that. Yep. See? Fucking oh. snipe. Oh, cute. It's got the little yeah, they woodpecker look, they beak. look like a woodcock. See? Snipe hunting. That lady is going to... Is that a lady? No, it's like a dude. Gonna have a tasty meal of six to eight snipe. That's got to yeah, be that's a awesome. Ten piece chicken McNugget. Well, that fucker looks gamey as shit. I, I don't think they're succulent. Uh, oh, also on Rift Tracks, uh, there's beaks. Have you seen that one? No. Uh-uh. Is it like a ripoff of uh, the birds? Yep. Oh, okay. Killer birds. Sweet. Wow, yep. what's a Kevin snipe? <laughs> oh, it's a. It's a, a account- from the eighties. It's oh. an accountant with a large beak. It's from like Zootopia or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, it's all cancer and HPV in their their heads. Oh, so they'll they'll grow uh they'll grow like knobs or whatever mm-hmm. on their fucking forehead. Yeah. Okay. Or it's all made up by Douglas Herrick, who with his brother made him in Douglas, Wyoming. Here's a nice um, mythical snipe taxidermy. 
that somebody made out of a squirrel and a pigeon beak, and it has a spear. So oh, it must God. Got, it must have got the spear from the little people. Oh Jesus! That thing looks like it's screaming, "Kill me!" Yeah. If you if you just want hours of fun, it's it's improvised taxidermy. Well, you go to that. like a Minnesota Rogue Taxidermy uh, Association. They have mm-hmm. some fun shit like that. Oh, look at that! See, nineteen fifties snipe hunting rig. Oh, that is fucking terrifying looking. <laughs> that looks like the death special almost. That yeah. fucking car. That... Yeah, it's, it's Leatherface's family definitely. Like, oh God. That's a little more elaborate than the snipe hunting I used to send people out on because they got this guy sitting on the front of like a 50s pickup with a spotlight and what looks appears to be a landing net and they're driving through a stubble field, probably drunker than shit. Uh, so it's the Herrick brothers in Douglas, Wyoming, home of uh, oh, Mr. Douglas. Bonkers. Oh. They learn taxidermy from a correspondence course. Oh, good. That's the best way to do it. And so the two come back from hunting jackrabbits and then they threw, threw the hare into a taxidermy store and it just lands perfectly in between a set of antlers. Ah, and then they get the idea to make this rabbit with antlers thing. Uh, the first one the brothers put together was sold for ten bucks to Roy Ball, who put it on display in the hotel in Douglas. But that one was stolen in 1977. Well, of course, that's a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. So now in Douglas, you can buy a jackalope hunting license. Good only for June 31st uh-huh. because there's no date. Right. Uh, the hunter must have an IQ higher than 50, but no more than 72. Which basically makes it available to everybody in Wyoming. Right. Yep. And of course, Douglas has the big statue in, at the park there. Right. And then there's the mangy one in Du Bois. Yeah, the one that made out of a chimeric amount of mm-hmm. other animals. Yep. Where's uh, the one? Oh, didn't Carter send us a picture of him sitting on it? Yep. Is that the yep. giant one that you can actually yeah, Okay. Yeah. Where it's made out of deer pelts and yeah, antelope yeah, pelts yeah. and coyote pelts, and it looks like Frankenstein. Yep. That's right. Plus, uh, Jackalo- uh, Douglas has jackalope days, too, during the summer. Of course. There. Uh, Ronnie Reagan got one when he stopped uh, by a Rapid City for a campaign stop. Uh, so Frank English is the guy in uh, South Dakota who supplies most of the jackalopes to Cabela's. Okay. They're uh, uh, in Wallace, Idaho. I stopped and uh, got Annie one the one time, but now the moths have eaten all the fur off it. Yeah. So it's well, Andy made me one one time, but like the taxidermist in, in town was like, yo, you got to take over for me. I want to retire. And he's like, eh, no, I'm good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't really need need the money. Well, but the guy in the How dog- much money is there in making fucking- Lots, because yeah. it's, it's rich assholes. Yeah, it's, basically it's, taxidermy there. is not cheap. Yeah. And especially good taxidermy. But I wouldn't want to have to deal with rich assholes. Well, that so. and just, it's it's a smelly- job mm-hmm. you yeah. could you but, could start a, a fucking uh you know, murder house where you're like rich people come in to buy your jackalopes and then you throw them in a hole in the trap door and, and well they have stuff the, i'm, I'm pretty shit. sure yeah. that's what uh north idaho trading company is a front for because mm-hmm. uh they have multiple jet like where i got annie's they yeah. have a bunch of them it's like it's like where do you get all these from he's like well, i got a guy it's like so you got a jackalope guy oh it's like how many of these do you say he sells like 50 to 100 of them a year. Damn. Could but you they, imagine, though, Dick Cheney comes in, he's like, I'd like to buy a jackalope, and you just, I don't know, fart, him over the fart head. too loud, yeah. and he has another heart attack and dies. <laughs> you just uh, rub your feet on the carpet, get some static electricity, and zap him. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've seen plenty. We've both seen plenty of them. They've just been does, they not not bucks. Right, yep. yeah. You know, every time you see an actual ja- uh, jackrabbit, it's a doe. It's a doe jackalope. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, no antlers. Mm-hmm. Yep. How about uh, the Toys Tang Man from Ski-Doo Death Valley? See, that I don't know much about, but I do love the fact that they named it after a snowmobile that hadn't been invented. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, I'm imagining him just like, wham, 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 yeah. hauling ass, and then like, I don't know. like I thought it was the jet skis because it's in Death Valley. That's a perfect place. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was last Burning Man type thing. Oh, yeah, it was. So, uh, Skidoo is probably from 23 Skidoo at the time. Yeah. Uh, now it's a ghosty town. Uh, Wait, what's 23 Skidoo? 
it's basically telling somebody to scram. Yeah. Oh, old timey speak. Get the fuck out of here. Husker do. Yep. Actually, I drove by this place, but I didn't stop because there's nothing left of the town aside, aside from just the the mine. Bet you if you if you hang out to like the full moon at midnight, the town reappears mm-hmm. like. Crossroads. And then a headless man drives by on a fucking little s- kid trying to sell you fucking beads. Yeah, and, and Charles Manson too. And he's Charles out there. Man. Yeah, so that's near the Wild Rose Kiln Telescope Peak area. So it's way up there, but it's named after the Skidoo Mine that ran from 1906 to 1917 and made 750 thousand ounces, 1.5 million in gold then. Oh, gold, oh. got it. Yep, and what they do you had ounces of weed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had to run the water all the way from the top of Telescope Peak all the way to this, which is 15 or 20 miles of... Half, half, hang- half of it evaporates before mm-hmm. it gets there. It's hanging on a zip line and... <laughs> yep. Uh, so April 22nd, 1908, Joseph Simpson was hanged from a telephone bol- pole for shooting respected businessman James Arnold, who both owned businesses in Skidoo. I don't trust him. He's got two first names. Mm-hmm. Fuck James Arnold. Uh, Arnold owned the Mercantile, which also contained the bank in town. Uh, Simpson owned the Gold Seal Saloon artwork. Mm-hmm. Arnold also was credited as being one of the town founders. Uh, Simpson was an alcoholic, and he yeah. belonged to the, uh, it was called the Hooch Fighters League. Yes. <laughs> which is a drinking club. Of I don't course know why we don't have drinking it, clubs It sounds like anymore. old-timey Proud Boys, basically. Yep. Well, I mean, like, that that's, all the bars where I grew up, they had, they sell t-shirts. It's like a, a fucking, what do you call it, a drinking club with a fishing problem or something yeah. like that. Like they all have it's usually, yeah, I've seen a lot of golfing problems. Yeah. yeah. Drinking team with a golfing problem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Simpson gets the nickname of Hooch. He also had lots of syphilis. Lots? Lots. Not, he's not a dabbler in the syphilis game. No, he really goes all in. Mm-hmm. And he was treated by the doctor, Reginald McDonald, who is the uh, doctor, basically the mine was the town. Uh, three days later, reporters flocked to town after the hanging, so the people of uh, Skidoo dug him up again and rehanged him. Just for the, for the, Fuck. you know, to just show, to show to do? this is what it looked like. No, they wanted, they oh, re- they acted, well, yep. they've already got God a corpse, damn. so they didn't have to hang anybody new. Yeah, and they let people take selfies and everything. Yeah. Well, also, they, like, dig him up, and the Tom Hanks comes to town, and they shoot a movie. It's like, uh, was that, that was Turner and Hooch, right? Oh, yeah. Just like a dead drunk guy. Mm-hmm. What? Instead of, you never seen Turner and Hooch? I don't remember there being a drunk guy, a dead guy. It's saying the guy's name is Hooch. Yeah. That's what they oh, I see. Yeah. Is the dog name Hooch? Or? Yeah. Okay. No, the dog's well, name is Turner. Turner. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's we, what the Turner diary is. We, we got horses <laughs> named <laughs> fucking dog. Mary Hanks or whatever. Or Betsy, Nancy, Hanks. Nancy Hanks. Yeah. Oh, we we're, were talking about that. But uh, the horse that actually did give uh, financial uh, information was from Hot to Trot. Because he oh, had ins- yeah. insider trading at yeah, the yeah. stables. Uh, um, Bobcat Goldweave. Bobcat Goldweave, yep. yeah. That's why you set fire to the couch on that That's Tonight right. Show. <laughs> was that movie. Uh, so it was either that story or they dug him up again so the doctor could uh, get his skull and study the effects of syphilis on him. Oh. So there's two stories. They injected the corpse with syphilis? Oh, did he already he, have syphilis? He, he had plenty of them. Remember, oh, he, was an, he was an enthusiast. He didn't, right, he right, didn't right. have a little bit. He had a lot of syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> So later, the skull turns up in Trona, which is if you closer to the China Lake, and there's all sorts of UFOs and weird pillars. Tronaville. Are you yep. ind- indicating that the Martians Martians put took, it there? Took the syphilis skull. They were trading it, the, it with the Death Valley Giants to the little people. There's this whole cryptid, you know, system of bartering. Like illicit human parts. I'm gonna write that down. That sounds a good writing prompt. The the uh, uh, what was it? The syphilis skull of the twice hanged man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be a song, maybe. Yep. Edgar Allan Poe's worst piece of work because <laughs> he is the syphilis mm-hmm. guy. Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked. will be right back. There's also uh, moving on to the uh, ship, the Eliza Anderson. 
And the Ghost Helmsman. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Ghost. uh, Is it like the ghost ship of the Platte where it just gets stuck? No, this is a real ship. Oh, okay. When they're in trouble, the ghost steps up and saves everybody. Oh. Yep. But uh, the maiden voyage was 1859, but the ship mostly ran mail routes around Puget Sound up until like the 1870s. Okay. In uh, September 1860, a black youth, Charles Mitchell, hides aboard and tries to get off in Victoria to avoid the slavery thing going on right. at the time. Oh, is that the kid that had to flee from fucking Oregon? Uh, probably. Like the one slave in Oregon? Oh. The one not white guy in Oregon? That no, was, literally, no, that was no, George that, Washington Bush. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because he was like, oh, I guess I'm going to Olympia then. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so this kid gets off in uh, Victoria to avoid uh, going back. He uh, Actually, they find him on the ship, but he wasn't turned over to authorities because he promised to work on the ship. Mm. Seven years before the mast. But as he tried to get off in Victoria, the acting governor of Washington, McGill, he was on board too. Why? Uh, <laughs> Just is it normal for the governor to ride around in the mail delivery boat? Well, there's not a lot of boats at the time, I guess. But the black youth told McGill's son that he was going to leave, so McGill locks him up so he doesn't get to go to Victoria and to his freedom. But he also can't work if he's locked up, mm-hmm. so free ride, yeah. But word gets out in uh, Victoria of the story, so everybody comes down to the dock and demands the they release this kid. Oh, look at you Canadians being all socially mm-hmm. responsible and awesome. Yep, but uh, they do let him go, which pissed off McGill and Olympia, though. So it could have turned out into another pig war. Really. Right. Yep. But by the 1890s, the ship was laid up in the Duwamish. Which is... It was now, on blocks. Yeah. Well, it now... It was a wreck. Now it probably, like, become self-aware from all the shit in the Duwamish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was used more of a, a gambling hall than an actual ship. That's the best kind That's of ship. That's fucking tight, dude. Yep. Yeah, but okay. it would have all rotted away if it wasn't for the Klondike Gold Rush. Oh, it's one of those that they, you know, put some bald tires mm-hmm. on it, slapped it on the rump, and... Send a bunch of people up. Yep, that's why more people died just trying to get there because of yeah. all these ships that weren't. Oh, I well, my favorite's that captain that blew up the fucking. Oh, the gold mysteriously all disappeared mm-hmm. before the ship exploded, and I mysteriously opened a bar in California a few <laughs> weeks later. Yep, I like the ship that was like full of fucking shit and puke that was just like flowing everywhere. Well, that's yeah, all the ships at the yeah. time. Washington State Ferry Service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After a Mariners game, especially. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So a whole flotilla of danger boats was organized. They're called the floating coffins. Yes. <laughs> So uh, we're back uh, to, uh, uh, what's his name, territory, uh, MacGyver territory. Yeah, dude. Jet ski Collins. Oh, and, and the Sasquatch uh, jumps off uh, the boat. Yep, in Alaska. Yep. Yep, that was great. So uh, so they get a steam tug uh, called the Richard Holyoke. It was towing three craft. I'm just imagining an 1800s like sex device that runs on steam. Yeah, called li- the steam tug. literally, yeah, kind of picturing like TikTok from uh, uh, Return to <laughs> yeah, Oz. Yeah, totally. Just jerking somebody off. <laughs> so they had a stern wheeler that they're towing up, Merwin, an even older side wheeler named the Polotsky, <laughs> that, which was an old Russian gunboat, which yes. they turned into a coal barge. Uh, also, they had towed along a William J. Bryant, William Jennings Bryant, a yachting schooner owned by a local rich asshole. Yeah, it would be that if you named it after fucking William Shetty Bryant. Yep. Uh, the Merwin was also laid up and been out of service for the last few years. So the Merlin? Mer- Merwin. Mer- Merwin. Oh, Merwin. I was like, the Merlin's been around for a long time. Yep. The Eliza was fixed up, uh, but was ready to go July 31st, 1897. Somehow, she passed inspection, probably because they bribed yeah. the officials. <laughs> So in August uh, 1897, they leave. Uh, Captain Thomas Powers was in charge. All right, guys, we're heading out. You got your bacon goggles? Mm-hmm. So the plan was to go to St. Michael, closest to the port to the mouth of the Yukon. So they're taking the long way around, all through the Bering Strait and whatever. 
so they up there, they're going to ditch the Eliza because they're basically just using that to put people on while they're getting towed, and then take the Merwin, the paddle wheeler, up the Yukon. So there was 40 passengers on the Eliza. Uh, the Merwin was just all boarded up for sea travel. And the paddle wheel was taken off for the sea trip, too. So it was just, Oh, because they're just getting towed, right? Yep. So this is a fucking barge. In fact, point. yeah, if you don't take the wheels off, imagine that's going to create a bunch of drag. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So people fo- soon found out the Eliza was not seaworthy. And the owners oversold what, her. What was their first hint? The fact that it taken on water, the you know, is and they in put a race too many, to the bottom of the ocean, yeah. and they put too many people on it. Of course, <laughs> as you do. And it was cramped, and people were probably puking all over each other. Captain Powers had to intervene before the passengers tried to throw off the purser aboard. The what? The purser, the guy who takes the tickets. Oh. At, when, when we came back from uh, from Victoria, I saw the purser, purser's office. So I I looked in and it's like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I just take down who's on the ship. It's like, I thought you hold all the old ladies' purses. Yeah. And I guess that would... While they go to the bathroom. Make as much sense. Yeah. I guess I just didn't think about the fact that people were paying to be on, have this experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tickets, please. Like, fucking boats sinking. Uh, they're like in knee-deep water. Yep. Uh, so, uh, shortly after they leave, they find out the Eliza didn't even have basic boat stuff, like a compass. Mm. Uh, fights broke out. Uh, when they got to Comox... BC, home of Pamela Anderson and Cam Neely. Whoa, really? Okay. Yep. She's Canadian? Yep. And uh, should have fucking known. Yep. And Cam Neely's a hockey man. Okay. Any any famous person from wow, Canada uh, is a hockey man. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say a Canadian hockey man. Huh? Yep. Rare and breed that. Pamela Anderson's also a hockey man. Mm-hmm. She should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why she has missing all those teeth. Tim the Toolman Taylor's, uh, that was her, I think, debut on TV. She was the tool time chick. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the coal was loaded wrongly, which caused the Eliza to veer into the ship. Uh, oh, they like coal in here. They piled down. it all against oh, up on one, one, one side. Yeah. yeah. So that runs into the ship Glory of the Seas. Mm. And, I bet you uh, that was a real shit box. Glory of the bottom of the sea. Mm-hmm. Well, also the, the fancier the name, the more of a oh, shit yeah, yeah. vessel it's going to be. Right. But the da- damage was minimal on that. But yeah. Uh, so they finally get to Kodiak Island, which is still a long way from the Yukon. And there they take on a little bit of coal. Go get some of their favorite, uh, famous fun-sized bears. Mm-hmm. But when it was time to leave, five people refused to get on. I'd rather stay with the bears. Yeah, I'll uh, hang out than, with the fucking giant bear. Uh, shortly after they leave, they get into a gale. Uh, the Merwin's line snapped, and the tug Holyoke managed to get her back. But in the meantime, the Eliza floats away. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> The Tug and Merwin get to Dutch Harbor, which is still a long way uh, from Kodiak. Where all the uh, fucking crab boat dudes yeah, are. Basically, oh, it's right. where the illusions start. So they report the Eliza missing, and the revenue cutter Corwin goes out to look for Eliza. <laughs> oh, dude. Why didn't... Okay, how many, do you know how many people are on this boat, does it say? About 40-ish. Okay. Yeah. But it turns out the Eliza was out of coal because their lazy crew in Kodiak pr- just pretends to load it. What the fuck? Oh, what? Yep. The, no self-preservation instincts whatsoever. Fuck, oh, and man, this can be hard work. Uh, we'll be fine. We'll get in on fumes. Dude. So the crew and passengers were forced to burn anything and everything, and you know all the cabin fixtures and, and tables and chairs, which doesn't burn as hot that as coal. cold, no. And passengers also wrote notes to loved ones and threw them overboard. Of course. Like, dear Martha, I, should, yeah. I fear I should never see you again. But there was a surplus of bottles to put the notes in because they were all drunk drunk on whiskey because they thought they were going to die. Yeah, fucking hell. Just to keep their spirits up. Yep. But speaking of spirits. Speaking of spirit, Bo's about to eat another one of these B.O. chips. (laughs) 
Why? Like, why did they do that? It's like giving a dog a, a pill or something. Anyway, <laughs> just as the captain was given orders to abandon ship, which is easy to do in the, uh, in the you know, well, actually, Gulf of Alaska still, which is hard because they didn't. All the lifeboats were actually swept away in in the storm. Well, I thought you were just going to say they had to burn all the lifeboats. Too. Probably. But then a tall, ghostly-looking man with a long white beard comes into the pilot house Santa. Uh-huh. and steers the ship to safety. What? And some said it was the ghost of Captain Tom Wright. Who? But, which is hard to do because Captain Tom Wright didn't die until 1906. <laughs> okay. Well, he, his soul like went on vacation for a while. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, yeah. But this is a story up until the 1950s of what happened. It was just the old man from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Some old guy with a fucking beard and shovel. shovel. But the Eliza does make it back to Kodiak Island. Whoa. Uh, luckily, she went straight to an old cannery, which was unused, but had a surplus of 75 tons of coal there. They refilled, and then they limped it back into Dutch Harbor. I say, like, why did the ghost need to steer the thing? I thought the problem was they were running out of fuel more than nobody could steer it. Well, he knew exactly where to go. Could you oh, imagine I see. if you were like the Oh, so he was like a trip advisor mm-hmm. ghost. Could you yep. imagine if you were the one person on board that wasn't shit-faced and be like, "Look guys, calm the fuck down. I'll get us back to it's port." It's a ghost. Yeah, yeah. right. It's <laughs> like, "No, I'm a fucking person, goddamn it." Like, but nobody poking you. Yeah. Nobody knows his name. Oh, spirit. Yeah. Oh, spirit. You'll see. Please do not kill us. Uh, oh, when they get back into Dutch Harbor, the steam pipe exploded. As they collide into the dock, Jesus Christ! So they just like a glove. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speed, speed two with the cruise oh, ship. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. cruise ship. So they're the they just leave the Eliza there, and it's part the, of the town now. Yep, and the passengers managed to get on another boat to the Yukon. <laughs> Fuck that, dude! I'd be like, nope, I live here now. Yep. No more boats. We're done here. Uh, it stayed there in Dutch Harbor till March 1898 when a storm washed her up on the beach. And then it slowly falls apart over oh, the years. Oh, I thought they converted oh, it into like a gambling hall or something. Mm-hmm. The uh, Iredale yep. down on the beach. So this ghost story persists until the 1950s. And then 1956, Thomas Weedman writes an article. He For was, High Times Magazine? Yep. yep. He was on the Eliza on that last trip. He said three years before he meets Joe Braddock, who was also on the revenue cutter Corwin, who was out looking for Eliza. Wasn't that one of, uh, wasn't that dude from Missing in Action? No oh, idea. yeah. Braddock? Yeah. Braddock. Yeah. Uh, Braddock said while looking for the ship, they questioned two brothers, Eric and Olaf Heestead, who lived on Kodiak. Heestead, Sheestead? Yep. Heck, they even operated that cannery where the Eliza went uh, for refueling. I see. Mm -hmm. So Eric had stowed uh, stowed away on board the Eliza when they left Kodiak. Uh, he didn't have enough money to pay for the voyage, so he hides. And you get what you pay for, so yep. sometimes you got to drive the boat. Yep, and he was going to Dutch Harbor to ask an uncle for a loan to restart that cannery. So when things got really dire, he reemerged and steered the boat to safety. Oh, I see. Okay. yeah. And yeah, then he's... when he gets back to the cannery, he disappears again. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, so that's, so, that's the story. Yeah, yeah. So he, he saved everybody, but also doesn't want... Uh, to know that he's... Yeah, yeah. Like... Stole it away, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, fuck yeah, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> that is kind of cool. That's rad. Mm-hmm. Boo. So, so that's the boo story there. <laughs> I dig it, man. All right, how the West was fucked, listeners. Yep. Who's ready to go jackalope hunting? Uh, Jackalopes? Jackalopes, the legendary antlered hares of the American West. I want to know more about these jackalopes. You're in luck. Now you too can learn everything there is to know about the jackalope 
with the new Field Guide to the North American Jackalope. Uh, it's a book? It's a field guide. Oh, it looks like a book. The Field Guide to the North American Jackalope is available on Amazon, Etsy, wherever else you might buy your breeches. Oh, Walmart. Except Walmart. Get your copy now before heading out on your annual jackalope hunt. Oh, damn, I think I will. I love learning and I love science. I got one more. I wonder what I wonder what they were canning at the cannery. Coal. Bears. Oh, yeah. Get that smoked bear. Some bear loaf. Mm-hmm. Bear haggis. Yeah, I'd try it. I've never had beer before. Actually, it was probably salmon, which means that cannery was probably surrounded by bears twenty four seven. Yeah, right. It's a it's a eighty twenty mix. In fact, that'd be a, that'd be a good premise for a horror movie. Is oh, like fuck. a five man crew working at a small cannery on Kodiak in, yeah, in the eighteen hundreds, and then a winter storm comes and the grizzlies just keep. Getting closer and closer, you know, like yeah. hordes of them, like mm-hmm. xenomorphs. But, but actually, the, there's two groups of different bears, right? And they're in like different gangs, and they have like a gang war. You think they're oh. coming after you, but they end up fighting each other. Why? But it's a musical, so like, so it's West Side Story. Yeah, the bears Kodiak. are like. Snapping. Oh, I'll have to show you the uh, thing for hundreds of beavers. It's called. What is that? A book? No, it's a movie. Oh, hundreds of beavers. Which kind? Yeah, what kind of movie? <laughs> You'll see. Oh, I think I know what kind. Yeah. Uh, so Winchester Mystery House. Okay. Let's Been there. just talk about that. A couple times. But uh, Ghost Brothers did an episode there. My, just, my new favorite show. Just re-listened to, uh, uh, well, there's your problem podcast, their version of it too, where the their guest was like, oh, yeah, we were just there. But, you know, before we went in, we drank a bunch of tequila out of our trunk. <laughs> and then the, the question had to be asked, like, was it just like loose tequila sloshing around in your trunk? Or yeah. like, <laughs> well, the but, Ghost Brothers actually find the ghost. First episode, really? Yeah, it's like five minutes in. They're just like in the setting up the shop, and they're are shot, and they're like, and is go- this like Ghost Adventures type shit? Yeah, the no, dude I, with the I, fucking I, faux hawk and whatnot. No, 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 these are these are the the black version. So oh, that's, okay. that's why I watch that. All right, but uh, I just thought it'd be cool if you know either if it was a Bigfoot or a ghost is like. As they're setting up a shot, and they just look behind them, it's like, "Oh, there's a ghost right there." Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're done All right. Here. We're done. Is that go what, home. <laughs> is that what ostensibly happened? They're like, "No, oh. no, no." It's a bunch of. I like because it. Oh, but it, they did. They do have a. Uh, so if there's ghosts around, they have a little uh, machine that will talk through like a Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> there's some Damien or not Damien uh, Exorcist shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, there, you could have seances there uh, from Master Magician Aiden Sinclair, who's a cool guy with a mohawk. Oh. Who also does that stuff at the Stanley Hotel, too. But uh, basically, the story is that Sarah Winchester moves to California for her health after death of her husband, William Wirt Winchester. Right. Who had, had he pretty was much, a longer. Well, and he had pretty much taken over uh, Smith and or Smith and Wesson yeah. and renamed it Winchester, repeating firearms. Yep. And his pa was Oliver Fisher Winchester, the founder of the company. Yeah. So William dies in 1888, 1881. Actually, uh, I think his dad just died shortly after. So Sarah was actually called Sally. Mother, father, in-law, and hubby all die within the same year, leaving her with a ton of money. Yep. In 1884, her oldest sister dies. Next year, at age 46, she moves to California and invites her all her other sisters to move in and, and come die there, too. <laughs> Is, I never thought about this, but is she a fucking like murderer? Is she just killing all these people? No, with consumption. She, yeah, yeah probably. She, I don't. She, if you look at her, she she's t- she's pretty fucking harmless looking. Yeah, you know, she's kind of like a round faced, uh, soft handed 
you know, rich lady. Right. You know. So in 1886, Ned Rambo. Yes. <laughs> who worked for Get Winchester some. Guns in San Francisco, took uh, Sarah to look for houses, and they found a farm in San Jose, which had 45 acres and already had a two-story, eight-room house. God, it's crazy to think that that used to be a farm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because it's in the plonked in the middle of San yeah. Jose now. Yeah. Yep. She bought the farm from John Hamm. Sounds like everybody in like, your family bought the farm. Mm-hmm. At first, Sarah had two different architects design it, but fired them and did it all herself. Uh, Sarah believed if she stopped construction, she would die. Well, she was told story. that by one of her spiritual fucking advisors. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the shit in there that, you know, she... Spiritual advisors, like, husband is a fucking general contractor? Well, well no, that's you... why she would have seances every yeah. night yeah. at midnight just to... If you stop construction, you will die. Here's my well, husband's car. Well, the yep. whole thing is, like, she was told, like, well, here's why all your family members and shit are dying constantly, right. is, you know, all the... Spirits of the guns mm-hmm. or the ghosts that, uh, that Winchesters killed, have yeah. killed over the years. Right. You know, a bunch of Confederates and Apaches and fucking. Like, uh, how come, uh, wait, who's the gun nerd that we talked about? John Browning? Yeah, John Browning. It's like John Browning's family didn't all get killed by ghosts of guns that he made. You no, know, but he d- didn't he die of a heart attack at his desk? Yeah, doing yeah. what he loved. But mm-hmm. he also designed some of the Winchesters. Mm-hmm. So the house has weird noises and cold spots. Well, it's fucking huge, and it's old and it's drafty. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It is fucking super cool. And ghosts have been seen by the staff. One is named Clyde, a mustache man who's seen pushing a wheelbarrow in the basement. I was going to say, that's got to be the cool guy. Because mm-hmm. that's the main one we, when we went on there. Because like me and you know, Andy from the Big Book of Facts in 1911 yes. went, went there a couple of years ago. And that was the only specific ghost they told us about was the yeah. guy that you see in the basement pushing the wheelbarrow. He wear, wears white overalls and has a bowling hat. Which seems like a terrible thing to wear if yeah, you're, you're in the charge of the cold. Mm-hmm. You're in the cold. Yeah. And visitors report tugs on their shirts going through the tour. That's just the hand, the tour guide getting handsy in the dark mm-hmm. room. And longtime maintenance man Denny, he tells this story, just a guy named Denny. Uh, he was in the water tower one cold morning and he hears footsteps above him in the stairs. So he runs up to see who's up there. And the footsteps are always just, a, just no matter how, how fast he runs, it, they're already just right above him. Then he gets to the top, and there's nobody there. Ooh, then there's footsteps on the roof. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's Santa Claus. I was just going to say, <laughs> prancing and da- or prancer and dancer and <laughs> eight tiny reindeer. And Houdini came there in 1924 to debunk spiritualism. Yep. Uh, so if you can't trust Houdini, who can you fucking trust? Yep. And then uh, the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures came in 2014 and held a, held a seance and con, con, uh, contacted Sarah, but she said she was happy that her house had so many visitors. That's cool. That's pretty cool. I still yeah. want to punch that guy with a faux hawk. Do you know about her spare house? Oh. She had a spare house in case of return to the biblical flood. So oh. it was basically just a big houseboat out in the... No, I didn't know that. Up. So she was prepared for anything. All right. Uh, so, uh, there's a tour guide named Samantha led visitors into the Daisy bedroom. Uh, they say that Sarah was trapped there during the 1906 earthquake. Uh, the room was sealed off until recently. Then she hears a deep sigh. That's <sighs> just me waiting for us <laughs> for this next room. <laughs> <laughs> it, I will say this, that's, it's a cool tour, but fuck, it takes a while to get through that whole mm-hmm. thing. It's a big fucking house. Mm-hmm. So, of course she turns around and there's nobody there, but now she thinks it's Sarah that... People were peeved that she was going in her room. Well, yeah, wouldn't you be? Mm-hmm. So Sarah built this kooky house to confuse all the spirits. Mm-hmm. That's always the the question: Was she trying to get them like lost in there, or was she? Mm-hmm. She trying to lose them? Like uh, she had to enter and exit the room from a different 
way every fucking time. That and she uh, she slept in a different bedroom most nights, yeah. too. But a lot of the ghosts seem to be her servants, so... She just they, doesn't want to pay them. Yeah, she's exactly. Doing the, she's doing the Trump or the fucking Elon Musk. That's why they don't want to leave. Sneak it away. Well, that's the thing is the people that built it, like, they, there was houses for the main work people to live on the property. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of the better jobs to have in, in San Jose at that time because if you could get on with Winchester House... And just she's constantly building, so you always have work. Um, she lets you go home and eat with your kids and stuff. Like I think actually no, I think they provided lunch at the house. It was the deal, and your kids and family could come to lunch. Come to this haunted at ass the house. house. <laughs> it was before they hadn't built up, they hadn't installed the haunting yet. Oh yeah, no, it's like <laughs> it's like uh, if you're a voice actor, you're like getting a permanent spot on the, the Simpsons or something. Right. Like you're just going yeah, to be working you're, you're for the rest of your life. Harry yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the house became a tourist trap just nine months after she died in 1922. Well, that's because it was what her niece or her daughter pretty much was going to sell it, but just pretty much sold most of the shit in it. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck's going to buy that house? Yeah. Nobody. Well, that's the thing. His neighbors was, kept on, hey, can we check out the crazy palace? Like, sure. And say, oh, I should be charging people yeah, for right. this. Yeah, right. So was it true that the, you know, she would couldn't stop building? That wasn't quite true because she had arthritis and you know, often take uh, breaks in construction. Yeah, and that's also why there's that, at least a couple of the staircases are like stupid short. They're, they're like, you're stepping up like four inches. Yeah. Right. It's actually very hard to, I mean, I almost tripped on it like a bunch of times because mm-hmm. you're not used to lifting your legs that little. Yeah, yeah, how, going how up short those. the steps are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no evidence of her being trapped in that 1906 quake. She probably wasn't even there because she actually did have other houses that she lived mm-hmm. in. But that's probably why the door to nowhere exists, because they kind of stopped construction after the, the 1906 quake. Right. Uh, especially after 1910, she barely worked on it. Uh, when she died in 1922, the house was in disrepair and was thought useless. So it was at least a John and Mamie Brown who cooked up all these tales for the tours. Ah. Uh, the neighbors didn't like all these lies just to make money. You say John Brown? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. still a fairly common name. Yep. Well, remember how many people yeah. named their, named kids their kids John, John Brown, Brown yeah. while mm-hmm. and were telling John Brown about that? Yeah. And she was rich, but uh, right after, uh, but she leaves after the quake and she concentrates on investing. That's where she gets really rich. She didn't really inherit as much as the tale said. Uh, said that she got $20 million and made $1,000 a day. But in 1881, she had 362000 which is still a lot. Yeah. But most of it was in Winchester stock. But she couldn't hear that right away. But when her mother-in-law dies, she does. But that didn't happen until 1898. And she uh, only owned 777 shares worth 77000 which gave her dividends of $7,000 a year. So, Which still, that's pretty good buckage for those yeah. days. But. but did she move to California and build a house to get rid of ghosts? But Probably not. No, she was just moving there for consumption. So are there ghosts haunting Ford executives over the Pinto? I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> The racist ghost of Henry Ford. Yep. Uh, this all originated from a 1967 from a book uh, called Prominent American Ghosts. Oh, like the who's who of... Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, she probably did meet with psychics from time to time because all the rich people Everybody did, did. Back, at, yeah. back then. But, thing to do. And there is all the shit in there, like the uh, weird spiderweb motifs in all the windows, and there's a lot of stuff numbering in sevens. Mm-hmm. Like anytime there's a repeating pattern, a lot of it's sevens. So there is some hints of... Spooky shit, but it's not like overt, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So she probably didn't have a seance every night no. just to get oh, construction your, your advice. Your seance bills would be ex- exorbitant mm-hmm. after a while. You know how many cheese balls and like little bottles of champagne that is? Yeah. <laughs> candles. But, yeah. Fuck candle Fucking just, just closets full of candles. Yeah. 
1895 is when she starts popping up in all the local papers. Uh, since she didn't like to go out much from her arthritis and she had bad teeth too, uh, all the rumors would start. It's the 1890s. Everybody had bad teeth. I was going to say, why do you need teeth to go out? Yep. <laughs> the story of her always having to build something comes from the San Jose Daily News in 1895. She also had insomnia and would play the organ late at night, which added awesome. to the ghost stories. There's some good Morticia Adams shit. Yeah. Oh, she was pro- probably practicing the theremin, too, at the time. Mm-hmm. And the National Register of Historic Places also states that uh, states a lie that it was built for 38 straight years. And it's also the inspiration for Disney's Haunted Mansion ride. No. I love that didn't ride. They, didn't they just make a movie of that that yeah, nobody so. asked for? Yeah, I saw a preview or something for it. So that's not quite true. Right, haunted mansion. Yeah, but I, I still recommend if you're in the San Jose area, go check oh, it out. Oh, it's worth whatever fun. they will fucking want to charge you. It's cool. it's pretty dope. Plus, like if a go- if a ghost does pop out, you can run down to the gift shop and they actually have some Winchester rifles in there. So you <laughs> oh yeah, can throw down on them, bitches. Yeah, yeah. ghost bullets. I think mm-hmm. they have a weird. They have one of those like shooting range, like the laser shooting things too. But it was. Did I get to shoot? Because it wasn't open when we got there. I think I got to play it. You know, where, like, it's a bunch of, like, you know, you shoot a beam out of it, and then, like, a chicken does a dance, or oh, uh, yeah, a yeah, fish, yeah. like, right. b- Big Bow with Billy Bass flops on the wall, sure, or whatever sure. the fuck, yeah. Also, if you go, I think it's the month of October, they do, like, the haunted night tours, where you, you get a flashlight, and you go, in, like, in the middle of the night, and there's no lights on, so oh. it's you and, like, eight other people and the tour guide, and you all got, like, flashlights, just, like, doing the nighttime tour. It's kind of neat. Not trying to sound gross, but I'd just... You know, try to bring a significant other and see if you can bone in there somewhere. <laughs> the kind of mile high club it somewhere. Yeah, there you go. Get some good uh, asbestos in your bits. Yeah. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> anyway, watch Ghostbusters, or not Ghostbusters, Ghost Brothers. Ghost Brothers. No, also watch Ghostbusters. That yeah. too. Oh, maybe they can do a mashup. Ghost, yeah. Ghost Brother Buster, bu- Ghostbuster Brothers? Ghostbuster Brothers. There's a new team of paranormal investigators here to answer two questions about ghost hunting. Are ghosts for real? And why is everybody white? That was a, there's a dude that comes into the the tavern. Uh, He's got like a cool fucking jacket and on the back is like a giant uh, back patch. It's the Ghostbusters logo, right? But it's got like a fucking KKK dude. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. It's like Clan Busters. Yes. It's like, fuck yeah, get some. Beautiful. Well, that was slightly less spooky than other times, but it was still spooky, I guess, enough. Yeah. I like I like a little more. I got to look up that other murder family for next time. Yep. Fuck yeah. I'm going to go uh, put the finishing touches on my fucking Ghostbusters costume. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the finishing touches on probably a white claw or two. There you go. And then, That's what we do. Then remember that I have to go to work in the morning. It's, it was one of those weekends where I had to work, and now it right now you got to go back. Well, it feels like it's Saturday, and it's actually the closing parts of Sunday. So yeah. that'll be disappointing when I wake up at six thirty in the morning. And, <laughs> but whatever. Cool. Um, we're gonna come back next week with something completely different. Oh, you, we got a good one for you next time. Well, we were talk, talking a little about about horses. Uh, Horse this, this week we're we're gonna. It'll deal with horses next time. Sweet. I'm Horse cocks. I'm going to be very vague, but it's right. it's truly an astounding tale. You're, you're right. going to love it. Fuck yeah. All right. Uh, but until then, we're going to go out in a hail of spook and dyke fire. <laughs> Again? Did we do oh. that once? Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs>
Fuck you, Miles City. I want you to know it's over. Well. Coming out of the sky, it had a one long horn and a one big eye. I commenced to shaking and I said, Looks like a purple people eater to me. It was a one eyed, one horn flying purple people eater. One eyed, one horn flying purple people eater. One eyed, one horn flying purple people eater. What a sight to see. Well, it came down to earth and landed in a tree. I said, Mr. Purple People Eater, don't eat me. He looked down and said with a voice so gruff, he said, I wouldn't eat you because you taste like snow. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. What a sight to see. Purple people eater, what's your line? He said, Eating purple people and it sure is fine. That's not the reason that he came to land. I wanna play the banjo in a bluegrass band. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Flying purple people eater. What a sight to see. I saw him on TV with Arsenio Playing the banjo, really knocking them dead Playing Flint Hill Special and Panama Red It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater Where's our luggage? Flying purple people eater, what a sight to see